You're listening to Spice Radio, 1200 AMs, The Morning Buzz, and we are speaking to Charlie Smith, the editor of Vancouver. Charlie, how are you this morning? Oh, I'm doing well, thanks. I'm Karen. I hope all's well at Spice Radio. We're doing very well, Charlie. I think we're looking forward to the long weekend, just indulging, like I think, like mo- most folks. So we're excited about that. But, Charlie, let's get into the stories. There's a lot to cover, and this one was huge this week. Colorado's Supreme Court has ruled that Donald Trump cannot run for president next year in that particular state, citing a constitutional insurrection clause. So how will this affect uh, him running for the presidency, Charlie? Well, this is a a really interesting development because, uh, first of all, Colorado, in in some elections it's been a swing state, but the bigger question is, is it going to embolden the uh, officials, election officials in other states to disqualify Trump? From running, and um, one of the, and it's also going to go before the Supreme Court of Can, uh, the U.S. Supreme Court, on the Supreme Court of Canada. So, it, uh, it 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 remains to be seen where what the outcome is, because uh, the the highest court in the land will weigh in on this. But it is due to the insurrection clause in the in the U.S. Constitution, which was an amendment, 14th Amendment, that occurred after the U.S. Civil War, and it uh, basically said anyone who commits insurrection is is not eligible to run for president, and, um, and the court weighed in, and they looked at the evidence, and they concluded that he did do this, and therefore he, he cannot have his name on the ballot. And Trump's uh, lawyers made the argument that because he was president, um, therefore uh, he was kind of acting within his official capacities as president, uh, and therefore uh, should not be prosecuted and all of that. And it doesn't apply. It's going. To, he, he didn't deny that he was involved in insurrection. So it's a very interesting legal question. What the how the U.S. Supreme Court is going to to deal with this because it's very high stakes, and uh, and once it's reviewed, no matter which way it goes, and it was a four three ruling too. It was it was not a unanimous decision by any means, and that also when you have rulings where there are dissents, that increases the the likelihood of higher courts dealing with it on appeal, but this one will obviously be dealt with by the U.S. Supreme Court. And I think this is so huge too, Charlie, because we've never really seen anything like this before, right? Yeah. No, it's unprecedented, but it's also unprecedented that you have a former president running for re-election who's linked to an insurrection and who's facing 91 criminal charges uh, in addition to all this, this civil litigation. So, so basically, what um, the conclusion was that he did incite the insurrection. He tried to stop the peaceful transfer of power, and uh, and tried to steal a presidential election. And so, the language in the Fourteenth Amendment at Section Three is very clear. And so, I, I think he may have trouble, even though you have six Republican appointees, 
on the court. Uh, part of the reason is one of the justices, Brett Kavanaugh, has written extensively about this this uh, section of the Constitution way back before he was in 1998, well before he was on the U.S. Supreme Court, and and this is actually in connection with Clinton being impeached, um, and and so or around the time of Clinton being impeached. So I think uh, Kavanaugh might go with the three Democratic appointees, and then you only need one other. Uh, the Chief Justice, John Roberts, is uh, has been uh, more of a middle-of-the-road voice on the court. And all you need are five votes, and, and Trump's cooked. Yeah, well, you know what? All I know is, Charlie, that 2024 is going to be quite the year in American politics, right? Because it's an election year, so you know this is probably going to be one of the biggest stories going into the new year. Now, Charlie, another story that a lot of people have been talking about is people who express pro-Palestinian views are either censured, suspended from work and school. And it seems many employers have been, you know, dealing with this situation. They're calling it the chilling effect, right? That if people voice a certain perspective, they're losing their jobs this was a story coming out of cbc so what do you make of this yeah this is this is a very real development and there was a reporter sports reporter in in philadelphia who covered the 76ers and he, he said he expressed you know solidarity uh with the palestinian people and and lost his job uh, there was a, a woman in columbus ohio a little while ago, uh, who also did something similar, and and she lost her job. Now we're seeing restaurant staff losing jobs uh, when they show up at pro-Palestinian protests, and and also there was a a global uh, journalist who was on leave but was doing posts, free Palestine, things like that. And and then she also lost her job. I think with the the journalist, we could get into the details of whether that was right or wrong. And there's a there there's something a little different there because sometimes organizations may have rules around uh, political activity by journalists who are who are on doing the reporting. But but this is a very real issue, and it also. I imagine is going to lead to some litigation in the courts, both in Canada and the United States. And I also think this is another story, too, that will be a lot of conversation around uh, in the new year as well, because I was even reading about it's not only affecting, you know, it's affecting people in all workplaces. I was even about artists, musicians, writers. Everybody has been. So I'm sure we'll continue to talk about this, Charlie. Now, of course, it is the holiday weekend, right? And people are looking for things to do. And Charlie, you were telling me that there's this very fun event going on at Coal Harbor. Yeah, it's it's called Liven Up Coal Harbor. It's an inaugural month-long event, and it, it takes place between Canada Place and and the Western Bayshore Hotel, basically. And there's you know, there's a walkway along the seawall and all of that, but there are parks along the way too. There's Cardero Park, there's Harbor Green Park, and in addition, there's Canada Place, or yeah, there's a plaza at Canada Place, and there's Jack Pool Plaza. And so, what's happening is you've got opera in Cardero Park, you've got fire performances at Canada Place Plaza. But uh, the real action is at Harbor Green Park, which is kind of
Saturday night. They've got they've got this large heated tent. There's food. There's drinks, and uh, the three performers. One is uh, Gina Lena, who's a three-time Juno-nominated uh, kind of family folk singer, and then you've got Hatim, who's a Sudanese Canadian. Uh, actually, he was quite brilliant student at UBC studying microbiology and immunology, but he's become this R&B artist. And and then uh, the final act is Kristen Fung, who's just a really highly talented, optimistic, and kind of funky, soulful uh, musician. Um, and all of them are, are songwriters. They write their own music. And I recommend people go by. It's free <laughs> to get those three musicians on the lineup, all performing for free, I think is a real treat for Vancouverites. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. So many great things to do this weekend. Charlie, thank you so much for your time, and I hope you have a wonderful holiday season. Oh, you too, and Karen, and thanks. Thanks for a great year on Space Radio. Yes, it's always wonderful speaking to you, Charlie. You take care. Okay, thanks.